Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say go Steelers! This is Nick in the Houston Outpost. Papa Tom, unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties, will not be joining us on this podcast. And in his place, we have our special guest, everybody's favorite Jets fan, P. Butch, who's joining us once again from the road. How's it going over there, P. Butch? Going great, stuck in a little bit of DC traffic. Wouldn't have it any other way. Happy to be That's, back. We're happy to have you, my friend. That's great. You know, we're going to talk about a um, little change of subject today, you guys, because this is pretty much the most boring time of the entire year for football. It's actually impressive that they keep keep you engaged for the whole year, the way they've learned how to stretch out that draft process and free agency a little bit to keep us sick idiots um, like confined to football conversations, even when the season's over. But right now there's literally nothing going on in football, but in football, there is some <laughs> stuff going on the world cup. So Pat, we have this conversation a lot. I just kind of want to have an intro to one of our favorite topics, which we are going to follow up on some later episodes, but this will be football versus football. And basically we're going to talk about the concept about how America sucks at soccer. It's made it so that we can't even watch the World Cup this year, if you have any American pride whatsoever, and why we think America would be, if not the best country, one of the best every single year if America's top athletes played soccer. Sounds that, douchey, but it's not that crazy. No, I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh as, as you've said, I've had this conversation many a time, so uh, ready to have it again? Yes. So Okay, so I'm going to line out a couple points, and we're both on the same side of the fence here. So we recognize how stupid that, co- that concept can be when you don't have someone else to represent you, but we are looking to have some special soccer specialist guests in the future. But we just wanted to have the talk right now while it's – relatively relevant while the world cup is going on. So number one, I think it's, it's, it's a fact that we know none of the top athletes in the United States of America play soccer. I mean, the USA is a typically dominant athletic, um, country. And there are probably, there's a lot of reasons for that, whether that's just because the country's huge, maybe it's because it's a melting pot of different cultures and you actually get different bloodlines from all around the world. And maybe it's because, it's a rich country and there's a lot of money put into sports, but you know, the NBA is kind of, it's got national popularity. The NFL, obviously gargantuan popularity in terms of American sports, but soccer 
kids play it when they're like five, but then that's about it. And then you get the stragglers who aren't trying to make money um, playing basketball and football. They end up staying in soccer and it's just not really super culturally relevant because we don't have any stars here. And like, like I said before, there's just more money in the other sports, both in terms of getting college scholarships and then maybe if they're looking to go in the pros. So the, just the top of the argument is that our best guys don't play soccer. And in every other country, it's the most popular sport. So all their best athletes filter into that sport. Yeah, I mean, you sort of laid it out. I, uh, I assume money is the big thing. At this point, you know, we're several decades, hundreds of years down the line in terms of what sports are, are popular and what aren't. I just remember when I was five and I signed up for soccer when everyone else does. And uh, it's a social thing. And I quit before the first practice even ended. And I never signed up ever again. So you can sort of see where I'm coming from. But, you know, I, the, the money is just in football and basketball. That's what Americans want to watch. And so that's where the athletes, I think, flood. That's one of the main reasons. And I don't know. You watch a football game and you watch a soccer game. You tell me which one's more exciting. <laughs> I watched, I think it was two years ago, I had a buddy say, hey, it's the, it's the America Cup or something. One of the cups. Too many cups. Too many cups. Um, and he said, uh, let's watch. It's America's playing. I, I forget who they were playing. And 90-something minutes passed by, and Amer- Americans had no shots on goal. Zero. Mm. Didn't even sniff a goal. Where's the excitement in that? The, you're getting excited for something that almost happens. Yeah. So I, think, I think the money thing is big. I think, like you said, culture. And I just think from exci- an excitement standpoint, I mean, there's so many things going to happen in a football game. You're talking a huge hit that you watch a highlight reel. And you go, you know, like, whoa, I can't believe somebody just took that. You're talking an Odell Beckham type of catch. You're talking a Le'Veon Bell type of juke or, you know, um, Saquon Barkley. There's just so many feats of athleticism uh, in a football game, different ways it's viewed that, I, you know, for me would be another, you know, a reason right. why people would want to watch that. Therefore, that's where the money is. Yeah, so we could, I mean, we could get in danger of just going down one of yeah. our favorite topics, which we like to talk about in private, where... Honestly, guys, it's just fun to trash soccer. I mean, they make it so easy. I mean, the flopping, the scoring, you know, the game of things that almost happen. But that's not what I want to do here today. And honestly, whenever we have those conversations, I do have issues with the sport. Um, But I also got issues with basketball right now in terms of flopping and super teams and just how boring that sport's gotten for certain for certain reasons. But um, and I also acknowledge that. The rest of the world loves soccer, but we hold the the standpoint like, no, you you guys are the idiots. Right. We got it right. <laughs> but that also makes it more fun because that's a great American stereotype to just fit right into, and you feel like you're a part of something. But um, and I and I, yeah, from a personal preference, obviously, um, I don't find soccer super entertaining. Because I just feel like a lot of games, there's not a lot at stake because you can tie. Um, you can win playoff games based off of – even when you lose them, based off of points that you scored in prior games. There are too many cups. To me, it feels like um, like what do you care about the most? Is it your regular league? Is it the Champions League? Is it the World Cup where you your represent cup. your country? But I recognize that that's just kind of – it's just culturally a different setup than what I'm used to, and it works great for a lot of people in the world. So that's cool. I'm with it. But you're, we're making a good point, which is 
just culturally in America, it doesn't jive with us that great. So none of our best people go and play that sport and they don't have people to look up to. I mean, when we grew up, we had probably the most popular athlete in the history of the world, Michael Jordan. I mean, that's what we have him. And we don't had, we never had Pele. We never had Ronaldo or Messi. So our guys don't go and play that. And what I'd like to say is a lot of the, if we're going to bring this back to if America did take soccer more seriously, whether us idiots like it or not, um, I just want to say how if the American athletes and athletic infrastructure was behind soccer, I think it's no contest. This USA would be at the very top of the game all the time because you can talk about heart and determination all you want in sports. But to me, that's more of like just a little Hollywood spin. Real life is at the end of the day, the best athletes in the world are the strongest and fastest athletes. And I know everybody who likes soccer is at home screaming like, what about Messi? What about Messi? Well, his body control is superhuman and his ability to change directions and, and his dexterity as an athlete is out of control. But look at all the best athletes in the sports. Odell, the guy runs a 4-3 and he can jump out of the building. Nate Robinson in the NBA is like below 5-8 and he can dunk. He dunked over Dwight Howard. Over top of like a seven-foot man. Julio Jones, Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell, all of those guys are Adonis. Look who I'm mentioning. All the best players at their positions, right? LeBron, Kobe, MJ, Jeter, Sidney Crosby, all these people. Physical marvels in addition to having the skill. That like... The six-round pick diamond in the rough story, I think that's a myth too. Everyone wants to talk about, look at that picture of Tom Brady at the combine and, you know, A.B. is a six-round pick. But Brady and A.B. are way more physically talented than people want to give them credit for. I mean, Brady has always had a great arm. Is it Aaron Rodgers? No, but it's definitely up at the top parts of the league. And A.B. was already dominating as a kick returner. I mean, he scored on the very first time he ever touched the ball in the NFL, he scored a kick return touchdown. So those guys have this athletic prowess. It's why us as Steelers fans, bringing it back to the Steelers, why we're scared of Vince Williams and Tyler Matakiewicz as starting middle linebackers. Like Tyler Matakiewicz at Temple was way more of a decorated college player than Ryan Shazier was, but he was never for a millisecond even considered to be in the same universe as Ryan Shazier. You know, so... Yeah, yeah no, go, I think go. you're right. I, well, I think you have to have, you know, Brady has if you were to rank Brady against the other 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL in terms of athleticism pure athleticism you'd have to rank him in the bottom in my opinion now uh but that doesn't mean he's toward the bottom with the rest of America right the other football players so he has elite skills compared to quarterbacks overall but if you're talking just the NFL he's no Cam Newton I mean everybody in the pros brings something special to the table you know right uh, but he does have prototypical old school quarterback measurables. You can't teach his six, four height and he's got a giant arm and he can't do what Cam Newton can do, but he does a lot of what Dan Marino did. Right. Right. That's why Baker Mayfield, I just have, I have trouble seeing Baker Mayfield doing well because I just, I know he's very accurate and people want to ask him to be Drew Brees, the most accurate quarterback in history, but I just don't see anything else that Baker Mayfield does athletically where he can dominate. I mean, he's not even remotely as fast as a Russell Wilson. The other people that people, the other guy that people like lazily compare him to, it's like take Baker Mayfield and make him way faster or, and then you get Russell Wilson, take Baker Mayfield or make him way 
just like stronger on a compact level and just more gifted of a thrower. And then you get Drew Brees. It's like, well, then what's Baker Mayfield, a worse version. Right. But can Baker Mayfield, do you think he'd be able to play soccer? Um, Baker wouldn't be the person I'd send. So that's another good point. I think a lot of Americans kind of ruin this argument for us by saying like any of the American athletes, like all these guys, if imagine if LeBron played soccer, imagine if, uh, uh, Ryan Shazier played soccer. Now, now I don't personally think that's exactly true. There is a skill set and a body type that are meant for certain sports, right? Like soccer, you want guys more around the 5'11 kind of range because it's a game of endurance. You only get like four subs or something per game. And you got to run down this gigantic field all day. You have to be good with change of direction and you can't be too tall or too big because you're not going to be able to have the type of endurance. But I think if you're talking about the wide receivers, the cornerbacks, if you're talking Odell, Antonio Brown, if you gave Tyreek Hill a soccer ball when he was growing up instead of a football, he could do everything that the best soccer players could do, but faster and stronger. The thing thing that the D-backs and the wide receivers have that, you you know, um, you can't really say as uh, surely with the basketball players is you have to have incredible foot eye coordination. To play receiver, I mean, and cornerback, oh, yeah. to catch these balls, keep your feet down on the on the uh, inbounds, the kind of stuff these guys can do is out of this world. So I do agree with you on wide receivers and cornerbacks. I do think LeBron could do it though, at the very least as a goal. Imagine having a guy that big in goal. Um, but uh, yeah, offensive, maybe offensive LeBron line would be able to do it. Defensive linemen, maybe running backs. I don't know. And the type of endurance. On a basketball court, they are running up and down the, the the court fairly constantly. I just think LeBron, though, is a he's a freak. I mean, that that's a one in a million type. I think he's the best athlete to ever step foot on this planet because the guy has that, the yeah. agility, speed, quickness, strength, endurance of somebody who is a wide receiver. You know, I don't think he's handicapped by his size somehow. Um, but overall, most of those guys would not be able to do it. You know, most of the people who play, you know, LeBron can pay, play any of the five positions, point guard, center, power forward, small forward, um, because he has that unique skill set. But most other power forwards would not be able to step, uh, step foot in the soccer field and probably compete. Yeah, that's fair. I don't, I, I don't think there's a, I think there's a 0% chance as good as LeBron is that he could play anything except for a goalie because, in basketball, like, yeah, you're moving up and down the court, but it's not like there's never real full out sprints and you get a stop so often. If you imagine him running down, I don't know how long a damn soccer field it is. We're not educated, but I know it's like longer than 100 yards. It could be, let's say, in between 100 and 200 yards. And he's 6'8. That just takes a big toll on your body. I would put, and I would even put Julio Jones at goalie, um, maybe even above LeBron, because I think Julio Jones would be faster and maybe in that type of. Uh, situation, but and but I'm with you. If you want to, I'm not going to bet against the best human athlete to ever come across the freaking earth. I agree with you on that one. Um, I want to say though, um, a lot of the argument, the only argument, and you guys write in, tweet us if you have a better argument than this. But when I hear people argue against getting American athletes in soccer, they make this odd argument of like it's harder than you think. Yeah, I know, dude. <laughs> I get it. They say the biggest things are the athletes need to have endurance. Okay, yeah, that's basically just a matter of what your body type is, uh, if you're in the right height, weight range, and then how hard you work, and every every athlete in the world does that, okay? They talk about skill. 
that's what I'm saying. Like Odell's not going to go play professional soccer now, but if he was playing since he was a little kid, you're going to develop the skill. And the more, and of course, some people are more skilled than others. Not everyone is messy, but if more Americans played it, you'd find more of those messy type guys. And then I guess the other thing they talk about is like smarts. And that one's just insulting. Like, I'm not even going to go there. Like, if you play the game long enough, you're going to get it. I don't know why you would indicate that. I mean, football's a yeah. Anyways, I mean, anyways, it, anyways. endurance football. Football players look the way they do because they train specifically for football. You could have turned them right. around when they were eight and had them just do cross country or soccer. Their bodies would look different, but they still are born with that. You know, I could not ever run a four four. I could not have her have the speed off the line to beat a corner or come out of my breaks like an Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham. You're born with these innate traits um, that you build off of and how you train your body um, depends on the sport you play. So these guys could be trained to play soccer. I don't buy that either. Yeah, anybody can. I mean, um, one of my best friends in uh, cohorts on the field growing up, we play me and Sean Taylor played lacrosse our whole lives. And at our high school, Georgetown Prep, one of the top lacrosse programs in the country for every single year while we were there. I mean, even the number one team in the country a freshman year. And it's one of those things, always in the top 10 or 15. And it's one of those things where anybody who goes to that school, if you start on the Georgetown Prep lacrosse team, you get a D1 scholarship somewhere. It's like Texas football or whatever, right? So we played a, a pretty high level of lacrosse. And Sean ended up playing at North Carolina uh, all I'm trying to say is there's some credibility there. And we used to say to each other, like, dude, if some of the brothers who are going D1 for football found lacrosse, like, we'd be out of jobs. I mean, <laughs> there's no pride there. <laughs> you just understand there's people who fit the archetype of lacrosse who aren't playing. And if they were, it's like, yeah, anyone, you can teach skill. I understand some people will be more skilled than others, but it's not rock science. Right. You know, they say the best lacrosse player of all time is, or they did back when I played? Jim Brown. Jim Brown. There you yeah. Go. Good luck stopping a physical freak. Yeah, exactly. Bo Jackson. Yeah. So I think we've pretty much covered um, most of it. Um, my dad sent me a text. He did make a good point for soccer, though. He said that it it, it must hurt to get kicked in the shins. It's got to hurt bad. Yeah, we'll give I you mean, that. Uh, so I, I agree that you do have to. Your heart goes out to them. Yeah. So they got to flop. Sounds hard. You, you got to flop sometimes because. The threat of being kicked in the shins, I think, is enough to. Uh, yeah, you gotta get them out of there. No, I'm not I doing it. Cl- I saw a clip uh, of a guy literally grab the opposing player's hand and slap mm. his own face with it, and then he went flying <laughs> down. That guy's on the next level. That guy's the James Harden of pro soccer. I mean, just incredible. I. And hey, yeah. I'll de- I hate flopping in soccer. Hate it. But I'll defend it too. Like I think it's sometimes a lazy American argument when people are talking crap about soccer. Like listen, it's part of the game. They're trying to win. And I don't I don't think there's a lot in uh just pride. We don't play that way. No, we're we're here to win. We're here to make money. So I get it. It's so painful to watch and culturally I think that's one thing that America hates, even though it is funny that it's going over to basketball, but I do think that's a lazy argument against soccer. Like you're trying to win. That's one of the tools at their disposal. Well, it's, it's a contrast of that versus, you know, pick Byron left, which is last game at Marshall or, or in his last season, he breaks his leg. This is a quarterback. We're talking about breaks his leg in the game, goes in the ambulance, right? They're taking the hospital. He's listening to the game on the radio. He hears they're losing. 
He tells Amos to turn back around. He gets back in the game with a broken leg. You can watch the hots online. After every throw with a broken leg, his offensive lineman would pick him up and carry him. That's the kind of grit that some of these players uh, will persevere through. Like, this is the kind of grit they have. And then you contrast that with the guy who flops. Or go back to Kellen Winslow Sr., who had to be carried off the field when the San Diego Chargers, it was a playoff game, I think, in the 80s or 70s. Dan Fouts with their quarterback. Literally was so dehydrated, his body was completely cramping up, but continued to stay on the field. That's the issue I have with the flopping. Not the fact that it's strategic. I get that. Um, But the fact that, you know, it's just such a – I expect my athletes to go through hell and high water and pain and misery to to win a game, and that just seems the exact opposite of that. Well – with that mic drop, I think that's where we can leave it for the day. I can't argue with that, my friends. Don't forget about Jericho Cotri breaking his leg in the middle of the play when he's playing for oh, the Jets pre-Steelers, and he still Browns. made the catch on first uh, for first down. Yep. 2010. I'll never forget that. Mark. Anyways, I hope that we. Yeah, sorry about that. But I hope that we weren't too bigoted towards soccer in this but i just think that hey listen the 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 usa might have unfair advantages in terms of athletics anyways because like i said i mean the country's huge it's like we get a pull from all of europe when other people are just pulling from a little bit that's why in a on a micro scale you see texas and california and florida are the best or you know three of the best football states was like well yeah they're huge (laughs) there's a bigger chance that someone's going to be from one of those places rather than a tiny spot like maryland but you know we got the funding we got the different cultures we got the athletes i don't think that america would just be good at soccer i think that they would be dominant and you'd see it was hard to beat them but luckily we'll never have to live through that because football is here to stay exactly so all we have is this podcast and this one-sided debate woohoo (laughs) <laughs> that's the and really who's a good debater now because it seems like we set ourselves up for a game that we can win but later we're gonna have to get some people in here to defend us and call us idiots because we are but i do think there's some truth in what we're saying i, I will say this is the last thing i do i respect parts of soccer i watch the games and i think i don't want to run that much uh, <laughs> the field. that seems awful especially for no goals that seems miserable and then i do respect regardless of the sport Give me a passionate fan base, and I, I, you know, I can support that wholeheartedly. So the rivalries that go, you know, between cities and teams and clubs, I'm all for that. So, you know, there are aspects of the sport. Yeah, I, I, can I get mean, behind. I mean, the fact that it brings the whole world together—that's unbelievable. That's so cool to have that type of pride about it. And we make fun of the fact where it's a game where nothing happens, but honestly. I the more I've watched it, the more I see the appeal in that because the tension gets so unbelievably high. It's like when the Steelers used to play the Ravens and now we beat them 54 to 50. But it used to be we would beat them 17 to 16. And you just knew if somebody made one mistake, if there was one opening, one of the great players, Troy Polamalu, probably not Ed Reed or anybody on that stupid team. Ben Roethlisberger, somebody would make a play in the final moment like a Ronaldo is going to make a finish in the final moment of a soccer game. That tension makes the goals that much more valuable when they do so rarely happen. Yeah, it's like a staring contest. You walk by two guys staring at each other, you're like, that's weird. You keep going, yeah. you come back, they're still staring, and you're like, okay. Yeah. You keep coming back, and they're still staring. You're like, I got to wait and see and check this thing out. This is, the suspense is building. This is actually quite thrilling. <laughs> Anyways, guys, uh, I think that's about... Th- 
all we have for you today. We will get some people on here to argue the other side at some point. Um, anyways, last thing, a little sign off. We are striving to make this show as informative and entertaining as possible. We'd love to get some feedback from you guys. Leave us a rating on the iTunes store. That stuff helps out a lot. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Leave us a note on the blog at SteelersOutpost.com and shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Tell us how much you love soccer and we'll tell you how much we don't care. That's it for me. I'm Nick. That's Pat over there, you guys. Have a good weekend. Or a good week. That, um, excuse me. And uh, go Steelman. Always a pleasure. America. America, yeah. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.